Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. What advice would you give to young athletes? To know your self-worth. Also, like, when it comes to body image specifically, like, because swimming is one of those sports where it's quite, you can get quite vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, now everything's getting televised. So, you know, like, when you're a swimmer, you don't have, like, a lot of, um, like, you have clothing, but it's, like, tight, any kinds of, you know, people might feel insecure about things that, are going on with their body and it's like learning that everybody's different and it as long as it's healthy and it does what it needs to do that's what's important exactly because everyone's healthy bodies look different right exactly exactly and I I think I learned that a bit of the like it took me a long time to kind of accept that once expectations with my racing and even to an extent they have a few critiques on aesthetics when you get further in, it really made an impact on my mental health, I think, at the time too, yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's one of the things that I feel like isn't spoken about enough in sport, the way that your mental health and also the way that you see yourself is so important and it really impacts on your performance as well. Um, Have you felt that it's ever impacted on your performance? Yeah. So. Like I've had coaches more than just my home coach, like higher ranking coaches come in um, and like watch me train and like they'll sit me out for a period of time and have a meeting with me like during the session. I remember particularly like one coach made comments on my body figure. Not that he didn't, like he was saying that I didn't look strong enough to represent my country and do them proud essentially. (laughs) And I was... I remember that one hit me hard because like I wanted to do well and I equated what he said with my worth as an athlete and whether I was good enough to actually go and progress into my sport. And so I remember after that, my eating habits went a bit out and there was a period of time where I couldn't like, especially this was a time when I started live streaming everything (laughs) and they put that camera like right up in your face and I remember like one time I was re-watching one of the live streams. I could just see how uncomfortable I looked, even with cap and goggles on. But like I was like trying to smile, but I could, because t- I know myself, I knew how uncomfortable I was. And that kind of carried on for like the next two years after that until like I realized like, you know what, like this is my body. <laughs> I'm at a healthy weight range. I'm performing, I'm swimming faster. Which, but what that coach has said, was uncalled for and really he didn't have any right to say that (laughs) he's coming from a place where he's not educated in and was just making a comment not to take it too seriously it's always hard though like things where it really hits you hard it always takes like a really big toll on the way you perceive yourself so when you have someone like that tell you that You take it seriously because you think they're coming from an expert's advice. And so trying to navigate the difference between expert advice and 
their own judgment, not understanding the female body <laughs> was hard, especially as a young athlete who's just kind of put their foot into the door of being an elite athlete. And it was like, it was hard to kind of navigate that and do it in a healthy way. <laughs> exactly. So how did you find yourself navigating that space? How did you find your process ended up being to becoming more positive about it? I think going through the second lockdown. So this comment was made back in 2019. I think by 2021 lockdown, we had like four months like in ISO. (laughs) I had all this space because at that time I was transitioning between clubs. I wasn't planning on going back to my home, like being my old coach. I was just doing my own thing. I had no one putting any expectations on me because no one knew what was going to happen with the world. I could just focus on what I needed. And over that lockdown, I just focused on how my body responded to different types of training and following different lifestyles. And once I started feeling better about myself, despite being in a lockdown, I realized moving forward that like I was never going to just (laughs) listen to like, if it's something about my own personal body and health, unless it was from a health expert, I wasn't going to take it too seriously. (laughs) That's so good though. At least that way you understand, like you have to take essentially people who are not health experts advice with a grain of salt at the end of the day, right? Pretty much. And I was like, if I can manage to go through lockdown and come out ready to go back without the pressure of things like my body image or like you know, other factors as well. As long as my health's fine, that's the main thing. And I'm enjoying myself. Exactly. And at the end of the day, you want to do what you love in a good space. Like you want to be at your best mentally, physically, and you want to be able to accept that you are yeah. as you are. Yeah. And like, I understand as well, like if it's coming from a place where you're a younger athlete who's still learning what's going on, like, Sometimes it's helpful guidance, but when you're 20, 21 years old, you actually, you have a science background as well and you get treated like, you know, nothing and you have to just listen to what your coach says 100%. Not all the time, like, it's like they treat it like it's 100% of the time and sometimes it needs to, like, be a bit more balanced out. Some things they say are really, really helpful, but there are some things where, you as an athlete will know better than your coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you just have to listen to yourself, right? Like, yeah. You, like you said before, you know yourself better than anyone else knows you. Yeah, exactly. No, but I love that. It's really good advice. I honestly would love to take on that advice. I wish I heard that about five years ago. <laughs> okay. So tell us about your favorite memory. This is a little bit of an interesting one. It doesn't have to be sport related necessarily, but yeah. it'll give us a little bit of insight into you and your life. I think my favorite memory was the day I got my ATAR. Yeah. For me, like, because like, as you know, like I had problems learning growing up and I want like to give a bit of backstory, like once I was diagnosed, the school, which I was at, didn't really want to provide any learning support. And towards like year 10, they were kind of suggesting that I just not worry about HSC or go to TAFE or do literally anything but do my HSC. 
And it was frustrating because I knew that I was working hard and I knew like for things like science, I was doing well in because for me, that was my niche. But for things like English, where I needed learning support, they just refused to provide the learning support. So that's why my grades weren't really good because they weren't providing accessible services to help me, you know, balance out that and give me like some sort of equity <laughs> to close that gap. So I moved schools and I made the last two years like I was determined to kind of do the best that I could and like get a decent ATAR because I don't know like I feel like I'm that person when someone tells me I can't do something I'm really stubborn and I kind of (laughs) I'm like no I'm gonna prove you wrong (laughs) maybe it's a bit toxic (laughs) no it's a good mentality (laughs) as an athlete (laughs) I was oh I was just like you know what no I'm gonna prove you wrong that I was determined to get a good ATAR so I studied and studied and once I I was so nervous because I was like, maybe after all those years, like those teachers were right. Like it always stuck in the back of my mind because it wasn't just like a couple, it was like for years and years, people were saying, don't worry, just do like drop out, do something else, go to hairdressing school. And if you know me, I'm not into any of that. <laughs> I still don't wear makeup. <laughs> it been such like an accomplishment, like all the relief, the pride. Tell yeah. us, yeah, give us a rundown actually. I remember I woke up at five in the morning to look at my ATAR. It <laughs> doesn't get released till like nine, right? No, they were first thing in the morning. We got out super early. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I've, I've gotten up incredibly early. I flipped, I nearly passed out. I was like, because I wasn't expecting it to be that high because my HSC exams didn't go to how I was expecting them to go because I didn't finish half of my exam papers. <laughs> Because I ran out of time. I know that struggle. (laughs) And so because of that, I was like, oh, no, I've stuffed up. I've, you know, I wasn't expecting to do very well. And I surprised myself. And I just felt like all those years of school where things were getting like really tough and I didn't think I'd get any. It was all, all that like pain and frustration was worth it in the end because I got the eight, this incredible ATAR. And I got, I was able to do the course that I wanted to do as well. I was like, that's, yeah, it, it made everything worth it. It made me feel like I had direction and that I could actually be what people, like some people were saying I've never been, some people were saying I could be, and I was like, I can actually do this. <laughs> it was the first time I felt I could actually do something for myself. It's such a defining moment as well, right? <laughs> yeah. It was, and it's something weird, like now, it, like it matters to me, like the mark itself doesn't, it's the fact that I was able to get access to what I wanted to do now. But I remember at the time just seeing that and the relief I got, the best moment, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such an amazing memory. Like I'm so proud of you as well. It's an amazing moment and it makes such a difference to like that confidence boost and also the reassurance that like, yes, I can do this. I'm capable yeah. of doing more. It was also like trying to overcome that stigma that people with learning impairments, that they can't like, you know, people think that they can't get to uni or if they go into uni, they fail out or like because of, you know, things not being able to keep up and everything. I think the fact that I was able to do that meant a lot to me because I was like, I can actually do this. Like if I'm given the right supports and the like, you know, a good network of people and resources to be able to learn properly, I can actually do things. Yeah. And it really goes to show that when you are given the opportunities, the resources, you're able to do anything. 
Yeah, exactly. And supportive networks of people around you as well. I think I was still, I remember I was still receiving speech therapy at 17 to like to try and learn like how to (laughs) write stuff down (laughs) because I couldn't write properly. And I was very lucky because in year 12, my English teacher used to be a speech pathologist. She used to sit me down every morning, nearly for like months before trials, like early before school started. And she used to go through like structuring essays, but she was able to break it down in a way that I could understand. Taking that extra time out of her day to do that and that kindness, it it like it helped me in the end. I couldn't have got that mark without without things like that. I couldn't have done it. Exactly. Like honestly, support systems and people go so far in assisting essentially anything like provide you with that support those resources it's so essential and not many people realize it exactly and I was lucky that I had my family there too like my mom was there a lot for me during that time um she was very patient (laughs) with me because I was a bit of a handful (laughs) um and I knew especially when it came to learning that with her support and like also pushing for me to get diagnosed because before I was, I was very, very depressed. I was not doing well. And then once we realized why it, it changed my life for the better. And I couldn't have done that without her being like, like going to like, and reaching out to people saying, there's something wrong. We need to do something about this. Like, what can we do? And otherwise that wouldn't, that diagnosis wouldn't have happened. And I probably would have become that stigma. I'm really glad that you had that network behind you though because it it really has made such a difference to the quality of life and also the way that you've achieved things as well yeah yeah I I certainly can say that I couldn't be the person I am today without without those networks now yeah no (laughs) yeah I love that and it's yeah it's such an unspoken treasure in everyone's lives like to have or to be lucky enough to have those sorts of things so definitely a really important part yeah exactly exactly like at the time I was so stressed out but it was once I got that mark I realized just how lucky I was because it kind of consolidated everything and settled all my anxieties about it I was like wow I really couldn't have done it without like all these people which was it was really yeah it was like it was more that's what I mean it was more than just the mark but it just it symbolized more (laughs) exactly like it means so much in a number like so many things have happened and worked towards and essentially accumulated the result of that number the ATAR doesn't mean anything now but (laughs) but it's the experiences that I got from getting that mark and that's why it was important it's still important to me now (laughs) yeah Exactly. I love that. Okay. So going off the ATAR and <laughs> thinking about your life, thinking about your work experience at the moment as well, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm hoping in five years that I'm fully registered as a pharmacist and I'm hoping to be able to work in, within clinical trials, whether it's like a clinical research associate or a trial coordinator or something involved with that or even like medicines information specialists yeah that would be amazing um do you see swimming fitting in there at any point 
Possibly. I'm seeing how life kind of goes. Um, starting to get back into it. I've had some time off because of work, <laughs> but I'm planning on trying to ramp it up again soon. Yeah. Always exciting. You've got to see how life goes at the end of the day. Exactly. But it's always a big part of your life, right? Exactly. It's always going to be there. Like, I can't imagine it not being there. Like, because it's, it's been in my life for so long, but also like, especially going through those, like those past lockdowns, I realized what my life was without it. And I was like, I can't not have it in my life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's good. It's nice to see that there is a future in there. It just. Yeah pending <laughs> yeah well we're just saying like what happens like an adult life's kind of hit hard the last year I won't lie but yeah. of course yeah <laughs> always is Alrighty, so we've gotten to the end well the back end of the interview so I think it's time for our mojo 10 okay. so we have the mojo 10 questionnaire so we ask everyone who comes onto the show these questions just so, so that we get a little bit more insight into who you are as a person, just like little fun questions so that our listeners know a little bit more about you. So it's a little bit like a rapid fire round, but you can take your time with the questions. <laughs> so first question, best drink? Coffee. I love that there was no hesitation. <laughs> I can't function without coffee. <laughs> okay. I'm That's how I do my schedule. Okay. So what's your favorite coffee then? Just a lot. I'm basic. I like my my latte with no sugar. I respect that, honestly, because I'm not a coffee drinker, so I wouldn't know. Mm. I've gone into the habit lately of drinking a tea before bed because yeah. I'm also an old lady. A tea before bed is honestly the best thing. Highly recommend to everyone, listeners, definitely remember this, tea before bed, especially mm. in winter. It It hits a sweet spot and you just feel like at ease, like just it's not just even the mind it's just everything exactly everything is just so relaxed like a nice warm shower but like for your insides okay so what is one thing that you should really have thrown out my moldy goggles (laughs) (laughs) i i still have them in my bag in case my good pair snaps oh yeah but like they're so moldy you can't actually use them (laughs) yeah i'll give it another five years (laughs) (laughs) hey i mean in five years time as long as you're a pharmacist and you have the goggles you're set so have you ever asked for an autograph and if so who i have an autograph from emma mckeon that's crazy she signed i was at nationals a couple years ago and i got a signature on there's like an action photo that i was that was taken of me in my first national race and on that photo she signed it it was actually, it was, she's actually really, she's lovely. She's, she's such, she's, she's such an incredible person because she's so down to earth when you meet her, right? She is very, very inspirational. Like just like, it's to do with like, um, like how she, how she kind of thinks. And I think that's, what's really inspirational, how she deals with certain situations. Like it's like, she's a true leader. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like insane woman, insane athlete. Yeah. That in itself is an achievement that you yeah. have to from her. Okay, what is one thing you cannot live without? Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) It's gotten to a point now where the receptionist at work knows to make me coffee first thing in the morning if I'm on the morning shift. I love that. He knows I won't function without it. (laughs) 
that's so good though at least you have that little bit of structure and you're like yes coffee thank you (laughs) yeah he knows I'm like I'm like grumbly in the first thing unless I have my coffee and then then he'll tell me what he needs (laughs) I get that I'm not a morning person either we both know that (laughs) okay favorite action movie speed (laughs) okay why (laughs) she's just incredible (laughs) favorite smell this is always an interesting one fresh bread from the bakery first thing in the morning that is a good smell this makes me so hungry (laughs) right oh what is your most used app on your phone Hmm. probably a mix between instagram or snapchat nice okay just for like socials yeah, pretty much. Um, most of my mates, we have like a group chat on Snapchat. So we just contact each other through there. Okay, you get to listen to one song for the rest of your life. What is it? I really I really love Pink. So Ooh. I'm probably going to say Just Give Me a Reason. That's a good song. I actually really like that song. <laughs> yeah, it is a banger. Yeah. Okay, so best advice that you've ever received? prioritize your mental health and you first you can't help others unless you prioritize yourself first really important actually I like that and a lot of people don't learn that for a long time your ability to help people is optimized when you're taking care of yourself first because then otherwise you don't have the capability half the time to help them to your full extent I agree Okay, and final question of the Mojo 10. Describe the rest of your life in five words. Text it. Um, swimming, pharmacy, and coffee. Okay, I like it. Like a <laughs> Victoria summary. Oh, I love yeah. it. Okay, so it has been lovely interviewing you. I feel really honoured and I'm so glad that we all got a little bit more insight into you as a person. Thank you for having me. I really appreciated this talk today. Thank you. So thank you everyone for listening in. I hope you guys have really enjoyed learning a lot more about Victoria on the In Focus show. Um, Make sure to subscribe, download, and don't forget to hit us up on IG and Twitter with your questions, suggestions of guests who we could bring onto the show as well. So until then, take care, keep safe, and thank you for tuning in to Sports Best Kept Secret. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.